It's Monday, September 26th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager, from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Global Games, Tim Hansen. Guys, happy Monday. Big time. Happy Monday. <laughs> We've got the latest on Europe, Berkshire Hathaway, and the growing battle between Netflix and Amazon. But we begin today with a humble request. Nominations for the 2011 Podcast Awards are underway, and we'd like your help if you could go to www.podcastawards.com. And, you know, if you've enjoyed Market Foolery, I guess what we're saying is, could you help us out? Could you just, you know, just nominate Market Foolery in the business category uh, and only the business category? Because, Charlie, as I understand it, the Podcast Awards, this is one of those things where stuffing the ballot box in every, every category, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really work. This is starting to yeah. sound hard. It, it, what is it? What was it's that, really what was that URL again? Where do we go? Podcastawards.com. And can I vote more than once? No, just vote just once. once. Just vote once. Okay. <laughs> I will say Chris's self-esteem will be irreparably damaged if we don't win. And if you care at all about Chris Hill as a person, <laughs> you'll come vote. We're just looking for the nomination. This is like the Oscars. We're, we're just happy to be there. We're just happy we to be there. We will be happy to That's be there. That's lame. That's how a loser thinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to actual news. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said that EU leaders must put up a barrier around Greece to avert financial disaster in other EU countries. Tim Hansen, I am assuming she is talking about an economic barrier and and not some massive construction project. Look, don't put words in her mouth. <laughs> Either one might stimulate the European economy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we all know that Greece has problems. The revelation, and I'll use that word lightly, over the weekend is that the Euro uh, bailout fund, which was about $400 billion, may not be big enough. Shocker to handle all of the things that could happen in Europe because after you, you, you net out the, 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 what they've already agreed to do to send to Greece and Portugal and Ireland, there's only about $200 billion left, which would only be enough to cover Spain, which means no help for Italy, which is the other domino potentially waiting on the horizon to fall. So, But there's a plan. There's good news here. There's a plan, okay. and that's that Europe could potentially leverage up its bailout fund to bail out more countries. Leverage up its bailout fund? Yeah, take on debt. Take on more debt to bail out the countries that, wait, took on debt and got into trouble. Why don't they leverage up their tax collection? <laughs> what? I, you know, so the, the specific proposal on the table is to allow the bailout fund to become its own bank so that the <sighs> bailout fund can then pledge the bonds that it uh, already has purchased from countries that are about to default as collateral to borrow more money so that they can buy more bonds for other countries that are about to default. Charlie, your thoughts? This is frightening. <laughs> I'm scared just sitting here. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Well, the good news is it sounds like it, it could work in theory. Like They've got a plan. They've got a which plan. Which is better than not having a plan. Yeah, and maybe it tides us over and everyone just keeps their cool long enough for things to settle. But then again, if it busts, then it's a spectacular failure that would take a catastrophe to new proportions. So That's true. If they leverage about. up and if they leverage out the bailout fund and the who bails out the bailout fund in that scenario? I was just gonna this say it's starting to get a little meta. I was gonna say at, at some point does the United States by necessity, have to become much more involved in a financial way than it has been to this Well, Chris, point. you know, based on what we heard Deputy Treasury Secretary Neil Wolland tell us at the uh, full conference on Thursday, that's that's not going to happen because Europe, Europe's leaders have said they're going to solve this problem. Therefore, they will solve this problem. They've had a meeting about it. They've had a meeting. They've talked hard about it. They've promised to do something. I, I don't see how this doesn't reconcile itself in a great way. Let us wrap up uh, on this part with Europe. 
uh, revisiting a question that's come up before, and that is uh, Tim Hanson's now years old uh, back and forth call regarding the euro currency. Um, where do you stand now? I was for it before I was against exactly. it. Exactly. Where, where do you John Kerry? Where do you net out now euro. in terms of the likelihood of the euro currency going away? So, so just as background for people who haven't been listening to me opine on the euro for two years, uh, I was initially said the euro had to go away because yep. there was no way for it to, to to remain in place. I then backtracked on that prediction and said, you know what? The people in Europe are just dumb enough, and when I say the people in Europe, the politicians in Europe are just dumb enough to do whatever it takes and invert all their balance sheets in order to maintain it. Mm-hmm. With the current plan being to leverage up the bailout fund, <laughs> I would say I, I continue to, to, to come down on the side that the politicians in Europe are just dumb enough to do everything they can to keep the euro intact. I mean, this this whole deal for Germany is a structured a structured default for Greece that allows them to stay in the euro. How does that make sense? I, this, I, this is It's wild. It's wild. We will keep watching because, frankly, we have no other choice. Moving on, Warren Buffett thinks Berkshire Hathaway's stock is undervalued. For the first time since taking over the firm in 1965, Buffett announced a stock repurchase plan for Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, Joe, uh, clearly Warren Buffett um, is excited about this. What do you make of all this? Yeah, well, I think a lot of fools around the office have known that Berkshire is deeply undervalued for a while. And Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, have been kind of intimating that for months. So I'm not terribly surprised. But what I especially liked about the repurchase wasn't so much that they're doing it, but the way they're going about it. What's different about this is that Buffett is basically setting up a plan that has no end. Uh, most repurchases have like a, say, a three-year time horizon. And it's usually for a set amount of money, say $8 billion over three years. Well, this has no set amount of money, and it's over an indefinite time. And the joy of that is it allows his successor to come in and follow in his footsteps with repurchases. And what Buffett did was he set a rule with it where they would only buy back stock if it fell below 1.1 times book value per share. So in the future, there won't be any big questions around, like, well, what, what would Warren do in this situation? Because he's basically set a mechanism to where you know exactly what he would do. And he's left enough of a window to where someone could come in behind him and buy back that stock. Charlie, what do you think of this? Uh, the headline that popped to mind was Warren Buffett spending the kids' inheritance. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, he's uh, kind of reducing the risk to the entire company by deploying the cash himself before the responsibility falls on the shoulders of other highly qualified people. Um, but, you know, he's just kind of minimizing the risk to the business through the mechanisms, as Joe said, by keeping them from overpaying on their own stock, but also by uh, depleting the cash balance, it kind of reduces the temptation to make some external acquisitions that may be, you know, ill, Ill, ill-conceived. Yeah, and on a related note, there's a stipulation in there that they, Berkshire still has to have at least $20 billion in liquid cash. So you can't buy down uh, significantly below that or below it at all, and that just gets to the historic Berkshire angle, angle of being conservative with their balance sheet, having a lot of cash ready to spend. So why now? Why is why is now the first time that Buffett is doing this with Berkshire Hathaway's stock? What well, isn't the first time he's talked about a buyback, but I think the stock looks very cheap relative to its intrinsic value. It's not the cheapest it's been, but relative to its fair value. Tim? Well, it could also mean that he just doesn't see a whole lot else to to do in the stock market today, given the amount of money he has and the relatively few investment vehicles that you can deploy that level of money into, and then the valuations of those things also. It's interesting, though, because you know we're talking about the market sliding significantly over the past um, 
Well, over the past few months, and basically it's been a flat market for a decade, a flat to down market for a decade, one would think there would be bargains out there for Buffett to go searching for. Uh, but apparently he today only sees Berkshire stock you know, via the ver- repurchase plan. And then he also bought some additional shares of Tesco. So no new ideas for him. Um, and that, that, frankly, that's that's interesting. So you don't think that this is Buffett saying anything about the broader market beyond Berkshire or Hathaway? Well, I think I think it is, uh, and that's what I find so interesting. So he, you know, he's doing this and and put this in in, in concert with Bill Ackman's presentation. You know, Bill Ackman, a, a very famous stock investor, activist, company investor, mm-hmm. whose best trade that he publicized recently was um, basically hanging out in Hong Kong dollars in the hopes that at some point over the next three to five years they repeg and he makes money. I mean, anytime you make a decision with one dollar, it's a decision. There's an opportunity cost. You're not making another decision with that same dollar. So if one stock picker is now speculating in currency and another stock picker is only repurchasing his own shares, what does that say for everybody who thinks stocks are broadly cheap right now? You know, some, some very smart guys don't agree with you. Market Foolery brought to you by Encore Insurance Services. For a free life insurance quote, visit smartterm.com or call 1-866-347-5748. They'll compare rates to help you save, and it's a free quote, so check them out at smartterm.com. Netflix and Amazon each announcing content deals today. Netflix has a deal with DreamWorks Animation with uh, for a reported $30 million per film. The deal starts in 2013. Amazon announced an agreement with Fox that will allow Amazon Prime members to stream Fox movies and TV shows. Uh, Charlie, a couple of big deals. Let's start with Netflix. Uh, what do you make of their deal? Well, Everybody had to see this coming just from a damage control, damage control perspective. They've been taking so much heat, and the only thing that's kind of going to change the conversation was to come out with a uh, new content deal like they just did. And, you know, DreamWorks is certainly a credible partner. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't start until 2013. Um, the prices that they're rumored to be paying is a little high, but interestingly, it's going to be for new releases and like your legacy catalog from DreamWorks like Shrek uh, do not appear to be included right out of the gate and will come in, in quotes, over time. So who really knows what that means? Well, and part of the coverage in the media today is not just about uh, what this means for Netflix, but what this is saying uh, on a more broad level about streaming, because uh, DreamWorks uh, essentially, you know, to Tim's point about opportunity costs with a dollar that you spend in one place, you're not spending somewhere else. DreamWorks uh, was looking at possibly renegotiating their deal with HBO, right. and instead said, you know what? Instead of negotiating with a, a premium television network, we're going with streaming. I think they could reach more eyeballs that way, and they probably got uh, the most money. And you know, these content producers really only have a few viable outlets outside of the HBO. They could go with Blockbuster through Dish or through Amazon itself, um, and they decided to go with Netflix. It'll probably work out well for DreamWorks and uh, TBD on Netflix. Joe? Yeah, 2013 is not exactly right around the corner. Uh, I know a lot of people were excited about this deal initially when it was announced, but that is a ways out, and $30 million per film is pretty heavy. You know, for context, they're paying about $30 million per year for stars right now. So that's quite a big leap, and I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad deal, but it does reflect a lot of the valid concerns about how content costs are rising, and that's just going to be a very consistent drag on profits for years ahead. Do they get Kung Fu Panda? Yes. See, yes. That, that's At some point <laughs> in the future. That's a solid movie. That's a great, great film. Um, Charlie, Amazon Prime, uh, the library is now up to 11,000 titles uh, with this deal. Um, what do you make of Amazon's deal with Fox? 
Yeah, this is really kind of what tips me over to uh, being a Prime member, which I wasn't before, but it's kind of like I'd be completely stupid not to pay them $79 a year. Not only do you get the free shipping, but they're really beefing up their content. You get X-Files, Arrested Development, 24, lots of good stuff there. I think the TV show angle is better than the movies they got in. Yeah, and that attacks Netflix and kind of their bread and butter space too, right? Absolutely. They talk about, you know, kind of these old school television shows that people have cult followings around. I mean, X-Files? I, I think you're heading into like a two or three horse race where they get exclusive deals. Like Netflix has Mad Men. You know, Amazon's coming back with the X-Files. You know? yeah. Tim? Well, you know, my wife and I investigated this weekend over, you know, if we should make the switch to Prime. Yeah. And um, th- I think this is a good move for Amazon because right now if you go if you go on Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. you go to sign and you go look under the video space, you know, like, you know what, what's in the library? Yeah. The number two poster on their little triangle of, of content is – the original Star Trek. My, my <laughs> wife saw that and was like, um, if, we'll stick with Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the, like, the William Shatner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And number three was Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. It was pretty grim. It hasn't been impressive to date, but this is kind of a step <laughs> towards coming around to stuff that I would want to watch. That is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, when your number two and number three offerings are the it's original like Star Scarecrow Trek. Scarecrow and Mrs. King. <laughs> you know, that's up there, too. Exclusive. Manimal. Amazon, great in theory at present. <laughs> a little farther to go to, right. really, to really drive yeah. it home. But like, like Charlie said, this is a step in the right direction for them. If you got an exclusive content deal, I mean, it's, it's just to your home. What would you want? You can you can go with movies. You can go with a movie franchise. You can go with a TV show. Charlie, what would you want? I'd, oh, if I if I could buy as a consumer one thing, I think I'd probably take the HBO lineup. If I only had to pick one, no, 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 no that's you, can't, not. you can't pick an entire like network lineup. You you got to go with like a, a particular. Why do show? I have to play by your rules? Uh, I'm you know, just because you're the host. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're kind of tired of your tyranny. <laughs> Why are you asking the questions all the time, Tim? Uh, you know, I, I would take, and I still think one of these guys, one of these platforms, has to go out and get it. But, um, but live sports, and and I would probably say, I would probably say college basketball. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want to get college basketball. I don't want anything else on the sports channels. I don't want anything else on the on the, you know. NBA is clearly not an option at this point. That's, yeah, it's 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 long gone. Um, <laughs> but no, but that's the thing. I, at some point, Netflix or Amazon or, or Google, someone with a lot of cash should go out and get. A sports franchise like that, and just do exclusive conference, or you know, a sport or some tournament exclusive broadcasting rights on their on their. So streaming bid platform. against the channels. For bid it. against the channel. I mean, that's going to be the big step forward in this space is when you take down a network channel for for premium content like that. And I say premium because that's where they make all their money mm-hmm. on ad sales and everything is in those in those sporting telecasts. And and at some point that's coming because these these tech companies are loading up on cash and they have much better business models and stickier. I think you know member um, stickier member engagement than any of the any of the network channels do. Joe, Georgia football. What, what are you going with? For I'd love an Aaron Sorkin channel, just streaming Aaron Sorkin all the time. So West Wing, Sports Night, The Social Network. Absolutely. Fair enough. Joe Maker, Tim Hansen, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.